Before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk about being a working mom for a moment. Before the pandemic hit, I was honestly struggling to juggle it all. Getting up, getting ready, getting Milo up, getting him ready, getting both of us out the door, rushing to daycare, leaving him in the uncertain care of a stranger, then sitting in the stresses of rush hour traffic, paying for parking in the garage of my downtown high-rise office, skipping lunch, and then leaving early just to be able to pick him up from daycare on time. Corporate finance didn't match me as a solo parent, and that's why I chose to build my own home bookkeeping business. You might not be in the exact same situation, but whatever your need for flexibility is, I created the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass just for that. Professional and lifestyle flexibility. My course is now, for a limited time, being offered for only $99. In this course, I share everything I've learned about building and scaling my very own remote home bookkeeping practice. Enroll now at edjconsultinggroup.com under resources. We're back with another episode of Mommy Wines with your favorite wine mom, Emma Dawn. Tune in while she shares her motherhood experiences, introduces you to motivational and empowering special guests, and sips away your sins in the Mommy Wines Confessional. Mom life can sometimes get lonely and overwhelming, so she created this relatable, inclusive, and supportive space for us to be ourselves. Let loose, enjoy a glass of wine, and laugh. Get ready for today's episode. Here's Emma. Hello, 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 wine moms. Welcome back to another episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. I am your host, as always, Emma Dawn, and in today's episode, we have a very special guest. We are going south. I think you could even call it down under. We have Lauren, aka Lowe's Wine Nerd on Instagram, gracing us with her beautiful presence. She is a wine mom, fellow wine lover, and she is also starting her social media manager business within the wine industry. Now, I thought that was super fascinating because I am also trying to break into the wine industry and just hearing her talk about working with clients that she's so passionate about really just inspired me. So you're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned and give a warm welcome to Lauren. Okay, technical difficulties aside, <laughs> let's restart this. I'll insert some fun rewind audio, but... <laughs> I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. And here, actually, let me get my phone. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I don't butcher the last name, but I'm excited to have you on the show today. This is Wine Nerd. <laughs> I am so excited um, because... Like I mentioned in our unrecorded section of this podcast, <laughs> that I love wine. 
I love making wine simple and easy and fun. And so do you, and we're both a little nerdy. So Mm -hmm. everybody just kind of help me welcome Lauren to the show. Mm, Hi everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm super excited to be here um, and just chat with you about everything wine, all of it. (laughs) So we um, unrecorded 15 minutes of this podcast. So if there's anything that you would like to change about your answers to my questions, <laughs> now, now is a really good time, but you are from Australia and you're yeah. currently at the beach. I'm jealous. I, am. I know. I mean, I'll just do a little like Queensland tourism plug. Why not? Um, I'm in the Sunshine Coast in Queensland in Australia. And it's honestly just one of the most beautiful parts of the world where we are so spoiled for our beaches and our weather up here. So I don't want to rub it in. I'll stop now. (laughs) So do you live there full time or are you just on a vacation? Just on a vacation, yeah. It's our um, school holidays at the moment, so all the kids go back on Monday. Um, so this is just like that last little bit of relaxation before you get back to the, you know, craziness of school time. So, <laughs> so is Australia? Because this is something I did not ask in the in the unrecorded section. Are you down mm. in Australia like us here in the U.S. where we have school? um, breaks for our public schooling, or are you more like the UK where they take like, okay, our business is shutting down and you're going on a vacation. (laughs) Like, do you guys have those scheduled, like just life breaks or is it just school breaks and you choose to take advantage? We, well, this is the first year that I've had a a child in school. So until now we've always, like we love travel we love exploring and so we've always just done it whenever um but this year is the first time we're doing our holidays in the, the scheduled school breaks <laughs> you can take the kids out outside of the scheduled breaks but it's not like super <laughs> right you know what I mean I'm sure parents <laughs> want their kids in school as much as they can be <laughs> yeah exactly. so yeah so we, we, we have our, um, our biggest break over the Christmas holidays because that's like when it's our beautiful um, summer. And then during the year, we just kind of have shorter school breaks. Oh, I like I like it. That's fun. Mm. Yeah. I, I noticed that you guys are a little bit backwards. Like here it's Friday, over there it's Saturday. And the winter mm. is like our summer months and your summer months are around our holiday season. So I've had actually, I've had quite a few Australian and New Zealand guests, and that's why I'm already drinking wine before I even hopped on this call, because I'm like, those Australianers and Australianers, they like are no holds barred. They, I I feel like all of my guests are relatively very similar but they're like, no, I'll shoot it to you straight. We'll have a couple sips. We'll hang out. We'll chat like we're girlfriends. Uh, answer any question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's kind of how most of us are. I think we're pretty chilled most of the time. So, 
yeah. but I am on the waters. I will admit, <laughs> I thought about <laughs> I thought about a nine a.m. wine, but I thought, oh, my toddler will be back soon, so I'll have to deal with that. <laughs> that would not be fun. Yeah, she's a bit of a hurricane, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many kids do you have, and what are their ages? I have two little girls. So the little oh. one is one, almost two, um, and then the, the eldest is five, almost six. So, oh, cute. I don't know anything about little girls. I just have a rough and tough little boy. (laughs) He just like terrorizes my house. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. I I see my friends with boys and I think it's such a, like it's same, same, but different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. From what I can tell. Girls will often, this is obviously stereotyping, but, you know, sit down and do some some coloring and whatever. And, and boys are a little bit more like, ah, whereas my toddler, I think is a bit more like a boy. She's just running around, like just destroying everything and being super cute at the same time. So yeah, Milo likes to paint sometimes, but I've noticed now that the weather's starting to get nice here. Finally, I feel like I've been living in winter for a year. Um, it's just been like, and it's not even like a good winter for us this year. It like, there's not that much snow. It's just cold and warm and cold and warm and cold and warm. So I'm like, okay, we're like, we're at the like light of the tunnel. It's coming to an end. We haven't gotten like pneumonia or anything, you know, because like the ups and downs this year are like just prime cold and flu season. But I'm like, thank God we didn't get a cold this year, because if we did have a cold, everybody with COVID would be like, oh, my God. (laughs) I know. So you don't sneeze in public or anything. Oh, God forbid. And we we've been reintroducing travel, but like road trips. um, And we just got out of the snow for a little bit and went down to Arizona. Um, And it's. Like if I couldn't even imagine taking that trip on an airplane because mm-hmm. my son is like starting his allergy time and he's like sneezing in the backseat. He has snacks everywhere. Kid like never wears <laughs> pants. And <laughs> so I, he, he won't wear a mask and the masks scare him. And I don't know mm-hmm. if your girls had the same thing, but like, he's like, why is everybody wearing these masks he's like I know it's not Halloween because we just had Halloween and I was like (laughs) and he's scared and some of the masks people have are kind of scary because they can get like they can order pattern ones online and yeah if they scare him and they scare my dog because anything scares my dog but (laughs) so I'm like we're reintroducing travel but like we're only doing road trips (laughs) That's a good idea. Just ease back into it and, you know, things will eventually get back to normal, I hope. Yeah, but, yeah, we've been going outside. We've been collecting rocks. He's been painting rocks and sticks and, like, birdhouses and stuff, but he won't, like, sit down like he used to, like I would imagine cute little girls do and, like, color a picture Uh, He's kind of over that. He's like, I found out that I can paint rocks. I'm just going to paint these rocks and throw them at each other. And go ahead. Live your best life. 
(laughs) (laughs) Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) I'm like, as long as it's not hurting you or anybody else have at it. There you go. That's your only two rules in the world. I agree. I agree. You got to let them be kids as well and not try and like pigeonhole them into what you think they should be doing. Like my one-year-old was running around the beach totally nude yesterday because she's like, I don't, I don't want to wear clothes. Um, so I'm just <laughs> going to be nude. And I'm like, well, everyone on the beach is just going to have to be okay with that. <laughs> I feel like little kids, they're totally okay with it. But then like, and that's why I don't, push my son to wear clothes because I'm like when he's 30 like me he's not going to be able to do that so (laughs) I'm like if you want to live your nudist life then live it because soon you'll go to jail (laughs) I'm like you know you might as well get all the happiness out of it that you can now because you're going to be restricted wearing pants in not that long of a time. <laughs> well, even my five-year-old, because in our pool back home, they love, they both love nudie swims. And she said to me the other day, well, mommy, why are you wearing togs? Why don't you just have a nudie swim? And I was like, Mm-mm, our neighbors cannot unsee that. <laughs> so <laughs> mommy wears togs. So. <laughs> yeah. See, one day. Genuine. <laughs> <laughs> one day the fairy tale of childhood is going to be over and you're going to have to wear clothes. It's a sad, sad reality. <laughs> but I did before the podcast, I wanted to have you on not only just to have very fun, casual conversations, but to learn more about what you are doing with your wine certification, what inspired it and what you are kind of doing in the wine industry. So first I got to hear this off air, but for everyone listening, um, what kind of inspired you to spark this passion for wine? I always love hearing that. It's like my favorite question. Yeah. And I bet it's the one everyone loves answering as well. Cause you know, it's like, how did you get to do what you love doing? Um, So my, I've always loved wine. I've always enjoyed it, loved the taste, been interested in it. Um, But I had been in a corporate career in learning and development for around like 15 years. And three years ago, I thought, I just, I want something different. I want to do what, you know, makes me wake up in the morning excited to, you know, to go and work. And so I realized that that was something in wine, but at that point I was like, I have no idea where I'm going to fit in the wine industry. How can I, how can I add value to this industry? Um, So I just started meeting as many people as I could, talking to them. What do you do? Why do you do it? And the natural fallback for me being in a learning and development career was to start learning. So (laughs) I enrolled in my level two just as a bit of a kind of dip my toe in and see what it was all about. Absolutely loved it. Straight away off the back of that, enrolled in my level three, uh, which I think I was saying before, I studied harder for that than I did for my bachelor degree. So it was super intense, but I loved every single second of it. I got excited when when I had sort of, I'd carved out my study time. 
um, in and around, you know, being a mom and, and working full-time in another industry. And I actually finished, I did my exam for my level three two weeks before I had my toddler. So I was like heavily pregnant <laughs> in intensive classes and exams. And as part of the classes, the, the five days of classes at the end before the exam, we tasted around 90 wines. Um, and so it was like probably not the best look to be heavily pregnant, but I was making sure I was spitting everything out. And <laughs> had to get like special consideration from the examiner because you're not allowed to go to the bathroom during these exams. It's like a global rule. And oh, because like, you might cheat. Yes. And so I had to like submit a request to be like, I'm two weeks out from having a baby. I can't go two hours without going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my God, me two weeks out? I couldn't go two minutes without going to the bathroom. I know. So they, they, they said that was okay. And I would just have to have some, you know, one of the other examiners go with me and all of that. But, um, but yeah, so managed to pass that, which was super exciting. And from there, I guess I had a, a great foundational knowledge to pair up with my, my enthusiasm and my passion for wine, because I guess the qualifications give you such an understanding of everything from the soil to the vine, to the climate, to all of the winemaking, to all of the regions and the history and the language, and then even the business side of things and marketing and labels and everything. It touches on everything, which kind of I think for me gave me more confidence going into conversations with people in the wine industry. I felt like I had a good knowledge and I could, I guess, hold my own in a conversation, which someone new to the wine industry, I, I kind of needed that as my safety blanket, being a bit of a nerd. So oh, yeah. yeah, so it was it was great. So that was why I started doing the qualifications. And then from there I thought, continue to meet everyone. And I actually started my Instagram page as part of that sort of meeting like-minded wine people and sharing what I was starting to learn. And it was through that that I realized a lot of my learning and development skills transferred straight across to social media. So like your visual design, your storytelling, your engagement, all of those types of things were the same things I've been doing for so many years, but just kind of flipped around in a different context and now I was talking about something that I love so much as well and that's when I kind of had that light bulb aha moment of well this is where I can add value this is where I can help wine businesses that are really small you know husband wife two best friends whatever it might be and they're too busy you know running their business to actually be worried about how understanding Instagram and Facebook or you know, creating a community and all of the amazing things that social media can do. They don't have time. And that's where I realized that's where I can actually come in and start to, to help. That's awesome. See, one of the things I've noticed is even with, um, my, and my son started, um, or my son and I started a dog supply shop it's on pause currently, uh, but when we were having things like posted on Instagram, um, we couldn't tag anything that had alcohol, which is kind of disappointing because like a lot of our dog toys 
um, were like wine bottles or margaritas and things like that. And I feel like there's such a good like uh, niche right now with the wine industry because Instagram is starting to let you post pictures of wine. And um, I've even noticed that there's a couple um, wine accounts that have like shopping enabled. And I'm like, well, that they must got like an update because I couldn't have a dog toy <laughs> on my shopping account. Yes. And like, um, so I feel like so many wineries, especially like the boutique wineries or the small private wineries where it is just like a husband and wife or two best friends or something there, they weren't focusing on social media before because they couldn't, because there wasn't a space that was like allowing them to within the guidelines. But now I feel like the guidelines for, um, like the wine industry or even like other beverages, like they're starting to kind of focus on that more. And I I think it's just maybe one of the things that the pandemic kind of pushed on uh, because I don't think we would be having Mm -hmm. all of this remote work or people see like just see (laughs) people seeking more flexibility um, if it wasn't for the entire world shutting down. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, I guess it's like one of the small changes that has come out of it that's actually kind of pivoted the way that people think about flexibility and where I need to be and where I need to work and when I need to work. Um, and there's so much open-mindedness, I think, about that now, Definitely. which is We need to take a short break to talk about my favorite wine company that gives back, and that's One Hope. I'm proud to say and celebrate that One Hope Wine has reached over $6 million in donations. That's crazy. One Hope's award-winning wines are made by some of the most acclaimed winemakers in the industry. Blending traditional winemaking methods with modern techniques, each exquisite bottle becomes a catalyst for change. One Hope's commitment to high-quality wine is as important as their commitment to the causes they support. Through the sale of every bottle, One Hope has donated over $6 million to impactful causes around the world. They have built a school in Guatemala, funded over 19,000 days of clinical trials for breast cancer research, planted a forest in Indonesia, provided over 3 million meals for children in need, and found over 80,000 pets forever homes. If you're going to sip, then sip with purpose. They even just released the new tasting flights, mini bottles for you to have your own wine tasting right at home. Shop, ship, sip, One Hope at onehopewines.com backslash my shop backslash mommy wines. Link is in the show notes below. And everyone, I, like I, I started using Zoom like so long ago because I used to deliver remote training to like um, remote mine sites in Australia as part of my previous career. And so 
I was using Zoom probably like, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Really? And then, yeah, like it was um it was pretty like cutting edge back when I was doing. <laughs> oh my god, you're um, so fancy. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was ages, ages. Um and now this the fact that Zoom has like become like a verb now, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I'll just zoom you like <laughs> Instead of saying something like I'll ring you or I'll call you, it's like, oh no, I'll zoom you. It's kind of funny because which is I am during the pandemic, actually within the past, I would say three months, I launched the MW Wine Club, which is like virtual wine tastings that I do with boutique wineries. Um, just because I wanna grow my own palette, but also a part of what I do with the podcast. And it's something we have in common is I want to make wine, not scary. I want to make it fun and simple. And it's definitely something we have in common. So I definitely wanted to talk about that, but people were like, can you do this on Instagram live? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Cause we're tasting alcohol. Can we do it on the internet? Um, (laughs) but I moved it to Instagram live because people are like, oh my God, I'm so zoomed out. Like I can't do any more zooms. Like I want to be a part of your wine tasting, but like my company has been on zoom and I've been doing it for a year. And like, what, like, what, I, I just like, didn't even think people were using zoom nine, eight years ago. And like (laughs) all of the, I got so many responses from people that are like, oh, I'm so zoomed out. Can we do it on Instagram? And I'm like, well, so I switched it to Instagram live, which is way easier for me and the wineries. Um, But I'm like, I I just think that's so funny that like you were using Zoom for your job so long ago when companies are like just now learning what it even is. Like some of them who could have been utilizing this resource so long ago but we're too scared are mm-hmm. now just learning what it is. And now it is, it's like an everyday thing. It's just a part of the normal work day now, isn't it? Like, I think maybe because Australia, I mean, I guess the U S is, um, is massive as well, but we we're so large and it's in the training industry, um, especially from remote mind sites and things like that. Um, it didn't ever make sense to fly them into Brisbane or Sydney or something to attend like face-to-face training. So I think that's why we kind of had to embrace it um, as soon as the technology started to become available. So otherwise they were just stuck out there. (laughs) (laughs) What a coincidence that you used to work in the mine industry because I live in Elko, Nevada which apparently is like a thing mm-hmm. that people in Australia know about. And I'm like, that's so weird because this town is so small, but we are really mm-hmm. um, like my whole entire town runs on gold mining and we have people mm-hmm. in and out all the time um, from New Zealand, Australia. And I'm like, um, as a single woman, this is a very dangerous place for me to live because I might be like the next person on 90 day fiance. (laughs) I'll keep an eye out for you. (laughs) We might, we might end up being neighbors and best friends. It's just something that might, it's a possibility. Um, (laughs) 
but it's, married to an Aussie guy, so I have to say they're pretty cool. <laughs> it's just like, it's so weird for me because this is such a cowboy in the middle of nowhere kind of town. But um, especially during like our summer, we have so many contractors, like Russians, um, Australians, like basically anywhere else mm-hmm. in the country that mines gold. Um like South Americans, they come up here and then like you go out to a dinner or you go to get like a happy hour drink with a girlfriend. And then all of a sudden you like the table next to you is just filled with like men with sexy accents. And you're like, what am I supposed to do here? Like you're, you're killing me cowboy country. <laughs> like you're on the bachelorette or something. There's just this array of uh, eligible men. <laughs> right. And it's, I would assume that like 80% of the men in this town are single. And it's funny because a friend of mine, because I was living in Salt Lake, Utah, and a friend of mine is like, are you really sure you want to move back to such a small town? She's like, you've really grown accustomed to like DoorDash and Instacart and like all the conveniences of living in a city. And I was like, yeah, I think I do. Like if my podcast is going to grow, I need wine to be delivered. And I like a small town. Like I'm not much of a city person. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that can't be it. Like, really? She's like, that can't be the reason you're just moving an entire state. And, and <laughs> so she made the joke of because I work so much and in Utah, that's not something that like women really do. Like it's like frowned upon in Utah for women to oh. work. And she's like, you just want to go there. So all the men are gone all the time and you can have free time to work, but you can still date. (laughs) And I'm like, well, now that you mention it, it would be really convenient to date a guy who is gone all the time. So I have the freedom to do what I need to do during the day. And he's not bugging me. Yeah, best of both worlds, hey? (laughs) But yeah, who knows? We might have, like, you might know somebody that I know from your time in training mine dudes. I don't know what they do. <laughs> they, they dig holes. I don't know. I just trained them. I don't know what they do either. I, I don't know what they do. No, I think nobody really does. It's like one of those things like, like fight club, you know, rule one, you don't talk about fight yeah. club. Like <laughs> it's like the gold industry. You're exactly. hired and you're like, oh, don't talk about it. You don't want anybody else to know it's here. <laughs> it's all top secret. Yeah, yeah, don't tell anyone where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, that one of the coolest things I, I got to do as part of that was to go um, down to the very bottom of a gold mine. And it was like crazy. I, ha- I had like I had the full kit on and the oxygen tanks. And there was like, there was like panic boxes every hundred meters in case there was, a, you know, a cave in, you had to go straight to the panic box. And I was just like, I just felt like I was on some kind of adventure movie. And I was like, this is what you guys do all day, every day. It's kind of cool. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I've asked a couple people here, um, like what it's like, because I, you're brave. I would not go to the bottom um <laughs> but like I was freaking out like 
hundred. <laughs> Some of these mines are so old and like there had to have been casualties. Like you think about mining in like the 1940s and I'm like, do you ever mm. see a ghost? And they're like, well, you like you, sometimes you feel a little weird or like <laughs> you think you see things. I'm like, I would just, I would go crazy. I, I would be way too afraid to like see a ghost or what was that movie? That was like a scary movie back in like, I don't know, 2007 or eight. It was like the descendants or um, descent where those people are like going on a, like a cave diving adventure and they get stuck in this like underground air pocket cave situation and all those cannibals come out and eat them. I'm sorry, not going to watch that. That sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> they're like in this underground cave and they're like repelling and they're scuba diving. They're like these adventure people. And at mm-hmm. the bottom, there's a bunch of cannibals. And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> of, course. of course there's cannibals, right? Uh <laughs> Just like salt. Of course, a spooky doll is going to kidnap you and make you cut off your leg. Uh, (laughs) But I'm like, I like look at these dudes all over my town and they're like, I don't know, sometimes a couple miles under the ground. And I'm like, aren't you worried about cannibals? Like, obviously you should be. And they're like, "Um, no, you're weird. (laughs) Like, that would be my first concern. I think I would just be thinking there was someone behind me all the time like I think my if I was down there all day my imagination would just start doing some crazy stuff it would have to because you're just sitting there on a machine digging a hole I was what I would imagine so you would have to get like your brain would have to start getting like bored and playing tricks on you and I'm sure the like the oxygen out of a tank is not the same as like oxygen on earth, like above the ground. Like maybe it's cleaner, but like your brain isn't used to clean oxygen. You live in the middle of the desert. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, if you're just drinking oxygen or sucking it in from like a tube, that's probably like a scuba diver, but like maybe not yeah. as severe because- there's no water pressure, but like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's oh a very gosh. interesting line of work you were in. I'm so glad you're I in know. wine now. <laughs> I know. Why not? Just, you know, do something totally different. So. <laughs> so have you received any, you're very open about making wine fun and simple. Mm. And I love that. But as a mom, have you ever gotten any kind of like wine mom shame online? To be honest, I didn't put my kids on my Instagram page for like ages and ages because I was a little bit nervous about, you know, like like my kids see me talking about wine, sniffing wine, drinking wine, you know, so interested in it. So naturally they are interested in it too, because mommy is like, um, so it took me a while to actually kind of share the, 
wine mum side of things on Instagram. And I haven't. Touch wood. You never know. There's always someone out there who doesn't um, Not you know, agree with what you're doing. And that's their prerogative. Um, but no, so far, whenever I put stuff out with my kids um, to do with wine, like all the wine mums basically come out. They're like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Or, oh, that's such a cool idea. Or, you know, like I have this, one of my favourite posts is um, I have this photo of my five-year-old with her nose, like just deep in my wine glass, just giving it a really good smell um, because that's what she likes to do. She likes to tell me what she can smell in the wine. And then she just looked up at me and she said, mommy, it smells like unicorns. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, hmm, I'm sure that's what the winemaker was going for. <laughs> that must have been a sparkling rosé because when I think of unicorns, <laughs> Definitely a sparkling Thursday. Because <laughs> she was so serious. Like she's really given it some thought and she was like, yeah, I've nailed this. This is what it is. <laughs> See, I love that about kids though. And I feel like I got a lot of hate because my podcast is so instantly mommy wine focused. But mm-hmm. I feel like since I've gotten out of Utah and like my Instagram posts are no longer tagging the state of Utah and all of that, it's mm-hmm. been so much more positive. And I'm like, it kind of shocked me in the beginning because I'm like, wow, like I thought we were in, you know, 2020 back then or 2019, or I started mm-hmm. in 2018. I was like, are we still not to the place where like women support other women? Or I'm like, is this just like a, a situational thing? Um, but now that I'm in Utah, now that I'm in Nevada, it has been so much more positive. And I feel like throughout the pandemic, I've seen so many reels or <laughs> like Instagram posts of people just like normalizing the hell out of motherhood and wine. Like <laughs> it's been so funny. Together. <laughs> they do go together. I told you this when we weren't recording off air, but my drink back in the day used to be Jameson and ice. Um, or like mm. sometimes if I was like at a place or like a restaurant, I would get like a Long Island iced tea if we we're like brunching or something, but I was never really into mm. wine until recently. And, and yeah, I'm like, yes, motherhood and wine go together. Like that is a pair. that's like peanut butter and jelly motherhood and Jameson yeah. probably not. Like as much as like, cause I used to drink Jameson, like it was a bottle of wine and like now I'm older and I know the difference. Um, <laughs> that's why the whiskey glasses yeah. are so small and the wine glasses are so big, <laughs> but you need to fill it up to a decent size. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Having one glass going to make it a good one. <laughs> right yeah it was too much but I don't know I feel like there's just so many just like family tie things with wine and I think a lot of it comes from the stories of the winemakers which is one of the reasons why I started my wine club and doing the virtual tastings because 
like how your little girl is seeing you be so passionate about something like the winemakers are passionate. The growers are passionate. The, yeah, and it's like a whole family. Like I always, now I say always, but it's like recently, just in the past few years, wineries have even gotten on social media where they're showing pictures of their um, kids running up and down their vineyards or having a dinner with their family. I'm like, that is what I love about wine. It's such a family. It's like the original handmade item, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so true. And and it's I do encourage my the people that I talk to, especially, especially wineries, to show the behind the scenes. Oh, I you love know, like the behind the scenes. Yeah. Like if it's a really kind of like, you know, perfect kind of facade, people don't connect with that that. Like they want to see your kids running down the vineyard. They want to see your dog snoozing beside you while you're, while, you know, you're harvesting grapes. And they want to see your kids covered in, you know, grape juice and stuff like that, whatever it might be. But it's just like that real side of things. And that's what people connect with. And that's what's going to make them want to buy your wine because they're kind of, they're buying you and your whole package and your story and what you're making as well. So I love it. I love it. Before, so when I was younger, getting into wine, I used to buy on price because I was a college kid and I was broke. (laughs) Then I got a little bit older and I started having a little bit more fun with wine. And then I started buying by the label. But now that wineries are able to get on social media and they are not solely as reliant on restaurants as they used to be before. Now they're building websites and showing a little bit more of the behind the scenes. I really do buy, by the story. And that's why my, like my podcast sponsors yeah. one hope. And if I ever saw this label, um, I, I like at a wine store or a liquor store, I would honestly pass it by. Because it's very chic. It's very simple. They don't spend a lot of money on their packaging because they donate a lot to charity. And that's one of the reasons I partnered with them. Um, So they cut the cost where it counts, but they make really good high quality wines. And back in the day when I was buying by the label, oh my God, I had tried and spit out so many wines Um, because I'm like, now... I hear the story and I talk to the winemakers and, or I find them and I follow them on social media and I'm Mm -hmm. like really buying their story. And you can kind of tell who's really passionate when they do share those behind the scenes. Um, Because like you can see them focusing and paying attention on the quality and then you, they show up and like, I just got a wine delivery from Poundstone, which is the Napa Valley boutique winery and their labels are so simple. It's just like a black label with a little gold bird in their name. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I didn't follow you on social media, I probably would have never picked this up or I would have thought it was too expensive. But yeah, yeah. But like now, like I follow, I follow their story. I see their kids. I see them having family yeah. dinners at their winery. I see their dog. Oh, 
I follow so many wine dogs. <laughs> oh my God. I'm obsessed with wine dogs as well. Like, do <laughs> you know how many Bernie's mountain dogs are living my dream life in Napa Valley right now? <laughs> so many. <laughs> When I'm like researching like wineries to visit when I'm going to a wine region, if I like, I check them on social media first and then I kind of talk to people and all of that. But yeah, if they have a dog, I'm like top of the list. (laughs) There is, if you're coming to the States, let me know because Mm -hmm. there's this winery. I think, honestly, I think they're out of Florida, um, which is very odd because there's not like a lot of wineries in Florida. But I think I got to look them up. I'll send them to you. I, I think it's Lancaster or Land Lander Valley or something. Mm-hmm. But they are like, they have a whole tasting room and a big patio. And it's all like, they are always posting pictures of dogs. If you're a wine dog person, you probably already follow them on Instagram. Because <laughs> it's just a bunch of wine dogs. <laughs> It's like, if you search like the hashtag, like wine dog and winery dogs, like then like that, like tens of thousands of posts, uh, <sighs> like it's massive. And so one of my clients has a dog and so uh, Pepper gets featured every so often on their feed and, um, and she does very well, I have to say. <laughs> yes. Keep <laughs> telling your social media winery clients to post all of the behind the scenes, because that's mm-hmm. what really sucks people in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even 10, 15 years ago, we never thought of the background of a company. We never thought of who owned it or whatever. It was just, you know, convenience, Walmart, whatever. Um, but now yeah. I feel like people are so much more just like present and really being intentional. Like, I feel like there's this whole shift in the lifestyle of just being present and intentional. And I think, especially me being in the finance industry, I've really noticed that people are shifting the way they spend their money to be more yeah. intentional. Um, yeah. They're buying products intentionally. They're not just going to the store and like throwing whatever in their cart. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I like, I love, like, yeah, like this one hope rosé is what I've been drinking that label. Mm. If I was at a store, I would have never purchased like it's so basic. Um, it has a cute little, it has a picture of their winery and like a couple like little mountain Napa Valley mountains and like a sun on like a white paper label. I'm like, this is the most basic thing ever. But now that I like know the story of everything behind it, you know, just buying with intention. Exactly. And I think sometimes like the fancier the label, you know, like they're obviously funneling their money towards the label and marketing and that's fine. But like, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to taste any good. But I have to say I am someone that will sometimes buy based on the label I'm like obsessed with pink so if there's like a really pretty <laughs> pink label I'll be like 
it's just so Instagrammable. I'll just buy it because it's going to look great in a photo. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. And, you know, yep. sometimes it's like amazing, sometimes not so much. So, and I'll just right. make a risotto with it. So. <laughs> there you go. See, there's a solution to every problem. <laughs> I do the exactly. same thing though. I'm so guilty. <laughs> But let's pause for a brief moment and then we will get into confessions. Okay, wine moms, let's get serious, but just for a moment. For years, I have been dreaming up and working on putting together a nonprofit program to aid the youth aging out of the foster care system. Recently, I submitted this idea to the heads of the Department of Child and Family Services here in my state. And thankfully, my program was approved. They saw an overwhelming need, and the Sterling Lives program is now moving forward. But to make this a reality, we will need more than the little bit of government funding allocated for these youth. Most of these youth aging out will face homelessness, addiction, incarceration, or worse. At best, Many continue the cycle of negativity by entering into criminal organizations and gangs or abusive relationships that result in unwanted pregnancies, poverty, unsafe work trades, leading to even more children entering the foster care system and families living off government welfare. To break these chains and end the cycle, the Sterling Lives program is dedicated to helping aged out youth transition into healthy, productive adults, granting youth eco-friendly and affordable housing, safe work opportunities with flexible schedules to prioritize mental health, education, and job training, all while boosting America's rural economy with sustainable, environmentally focused tourism. Ways you can help are by snagging up some MWP merch, drinking One Hope wine, and donating directly at the Sterling Lives GoFundMe. All links are in the show notes below. Wine Moms, I have a confession. Coffee is one of my major food groups. (laughs) Having my son home with me all year through a pandemic Expanding my home bookkeeping practice, EDJ Consulting Group, getting my nonprofit program, Sterling Lives, approved, beginning to homeschool, starting sports, getting roped into being a coach. It's honestly what keeps me going and retaining the little bit of sanity I have left. Coffee over cardio is my go to lifesaver. It's owned and operated by female entrepreneur, Abby Scott, and it's all carb-free, sugar-free, keto-friendly, and gluten-free. With super fun flavors like birthday cake, cinnamon bun, French toast, vanilla hazelnut, my favorite, and so many more, you honestly can't go wrong. Coffee over cardio has all your coffee accessories like tumblers and frothers, creamers, and my must-have hydrate, you can add to coffee or water. Upping the flavor and hydration with electrolytes. Abby is seriously a genius. Get 10% off when you use my code 10EMMADON and free shipping on orders over 85. Once again, 
That's code 10 Amadon, and the link is in the show notes below. So on this show, we confess, and I sip away your sin <laughs> with, with whatever I'm drinking at the moment, which today happens to be rosé. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have a mommy fashion, a funny story, um, an embarrassing moment that you would like to just release off your chest? <laughs> I feel like most of my life is a bit of a mommy confession embarrassing <laughs> moment. Um, but probably one of my more recent ones is, um, so like my one-year-old doesn't have very many words yet. She's got like mommy, daddy, puppy. And um, the other day she pointed at my glass of wine and she said, mommy wine. And I had like this moment of, oh God, that's so embarrassing. But then I was like, I'm so proud at the same time. (laughs) And then I was like, also, please don't say that at daycare. Like, what will they think of me? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. So cute. (laughs) There are a couple like I'm a sucker for like a wine kid or like a wine dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But one of the things that like people were like, oh my God, that should be a confession was Milo and I, he always likes to cheers me. Like Mm -hmm. he knows that like the sun starts going down. It becomes like golden hour He knows, like, I wander over to the fridge, open a bottle of wine. (laughs) And he, like, as soon as I get out a bottle of wine, he's like, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And you might have even noticed on my podcast, um, I've been doing wine unboxings um, Mm -hmm. since starting the wine club and working with wineries. He's, like, so excited to look at them and, like, see what the labels look like. Because sometimes they'll put, like, a bear or, like you know, some kind of artwork on it. Yeah. He's really interested. And then I always give him, um, like a special drink at night. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like kind of bad because I'm pre emptying him to be, <laughs> to have like a nightcap. Um, <laughs> but like, sometimes he'll get like a juice or a lemonade or like a chocolate milk. And then we sit Mm -hmm. on the couch. I put my computer away. I stop working because as you know, as a freelancer, you kind of have to set those boundaries for yourself. And we like sit on the couch. We watch an episode of his cartoons. We cuddle and we drink our drinks. And Mm -hmm. he just like thinks it's the most special time of the day. And he always likes to cheers me. So lately on Instagram, I've been doing like little boomerangs (laughs) of us cheersing. And people are like, that is such a confession. And I'm like, I don't think it is because I feel like so many people are going to come back and be like, um, we do the same thing, especially mm-hmm. with like the world of freelancers and just flexibility and professional careers being such a more common thing these days. I'm like, you have to set those, those boundaries for yourself. Um, I agree completely. Yeah. And if it makes you feel any better, my one-year-old will cheers me with her her bottle of formula. So really, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a nice little wine glass and a sippy cup. <laughs> and a sippy cup. 
but she's really enthusiastic. And I'm like, don't spill mommy's wine. I've been waiting all day for this. <laughs> I know wine is just, uh, I feel like there's really nothing else in the world that has so like such a, like a process and so many steps and so many people involved. And it, it, it has to be because I have really learned after speaking with so many small wineries and like since starting this podcast, learning from so many wine professionals, what really it takes to make just one bottle of wine. And I'm Mm. like, when you drink wine for me anyway, and probably for you, you can probably relate to this, that it's just such a, like a passion project. Like it would be so easy for them to quit and shut everything down and like, go get some different job, but like they do it day in and day out because they're so passionate and in, oh, in a good exactly. wine, you can taste it. You can taste the love and, you know, like the, the dawn mornings that they're out there in the freezing cold or the drizzling rain and they're harvesting grapes and the, you know, the 14, 18 hour days that they're working during vintage you know, there, it would be so much easier for them to go and get a, you know, an office job or something that was nine to five and they switched off and their day was done. Like, but they do it for the love. And I, I don't think that there's, you know, they're not doing it for the money. It's, it's, it's a slog, but I think they wake up every day excited to be doing what they're doing. And that I think is, you know, it's, it's priceless. So, yeah. I love it. Well, it was such a pleasure, p- pleasure. I cannot, I feel like I have not podcasted in weeks. <laughs> I have not, I have not spoken to anybody besides a toddler. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but it was such a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, go ahead and share with everybody listening where they can find you online um, and on social media. Lovely. So my website is winenerd.com.au and my Instagram is at lozwinenerd. So L-O-Z, which is, I don't know if you guys call people Lauren Loz in the US or is that just an Australian thing? Um, We call them low. So like just I, L-O. No, um, Loz. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the L O Z has to be an Australian thing. I think it is. So, but yeah, I feel I'm like sure. a lot of the a lot of the slang and a lot of the nicknames, you guys just always throw like a Z at the end. So it's like it's something short fun. with a Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just easy. <laughs> it is easier. So Laws Wine Note is, yeah, where you'll find me in socials. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. You're welcome. And if you ever want to go live, let me know. We'll taste some, maybe we'll taste some Australian wines or maybe some wines from some of the wineries that you work with. That is a fabulous idea. All right. We'll go live on Instagram and hang out some more. (laughs) Okay. Sounds great. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend and look at some surfers for me and don't feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. Good. Mm -hmm. Bye.
Hey, 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 wine moms. I'm sure you've already heard, but the MW Wine Club is a virtual happy hour and it's here. Not here on the podcast, but here in the world, it is something that is happening over on IG. This is a virtual happy hour where I go live on Instagram with real wine industry professionals. I try new sips. We host giveaways and we play games and contests. And I also create delectable cocktails. And most importantly, I connect with all of you. Best part is it's absolutely free and you get to engage from the comforts of home. Get insider wine tips in your sweats. What's better than that? I don't know. Nothing. I can't think of anything. All events and details are listed at themommywines.com under the events page. Go check it out and find me on live. As many of you know, finance is my profession. When I'm not here laughing, sipping, and chatting with all of you. I have over a decade of financial industry experience, and financial wellness is such a passion of mine. Like many things in the world, finances tend to look a little differently for women, even in today's generation. Webull has simplified the stock market and investing game with an easy-to-navigate, zero-commission platform that has free, real-time quotes, multi-platform accessibility, 24-7 online help, and extended trading hours. If you're looking to increase your financial portfolio and set up your retirement IRA and start investing in yourself, click the link in the show notes below to receive two free stocks on me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. And don't forget, if you're listening on YouTube, to give this video a big thumbs up and make sure to subscribe. And feel free to share this episode with your friends. Be like, hey girl, just listen to this super awesome and relatable podcast from Mommy Wines. Here's the link to the episode. Have fun. You know. And to support the show and keep it growing, snag some MWP merchandise available at themommywines.com. You can also find all of my wine gadgets and my favorites right there under the shop page. For even more tipsy content, follow Mommy Wines Podcast on Instagram. On IG, I go live with real wine industry professionals. I try new sips, connect with all of you wine moms, and share some pretty funny memes if I do say so myself. All sponsor info and links will be available in the details below. So until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.